I come to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Family reunions. That's all I need to say, really, isn't it? Yes. Are interesting adventures. I can tell you agree by your laughter. And if your family reunions are anything like mine, well, they often flow, of course, with food and stories and, of course, adult libations. And as the amount of adult libations increase, the stories and their extravagance, well, they increase too, don't they? As I've grown older, the more I tend to enjoy these events simply for those stories. The sage wisdom and the laughter, the history that flows from the mouths of my aunts and uncles and cousins who have seen more than I can imagine, well, I try to soak it up. This art of storytelling is one that is, I believe, slowly disappearing. We can take a thousand photos a day now with a little device in one's hand. Generations from now, we'll have our posts from Facebook and Instagram, Reddit, and Twitter, and whatever comes next to help tell our history, which, if I'm being honest with you, makes me a little nervous. Our stories, whether digital or oral, tell so much about us. What we bask in, what we disdain, how do we or did our ancestors fit into their community? What gave us hope and what destroyed it? Today's gospel story is a resurrection account, a resurrection story for the normal people, the everyday folk, those of us who aren't within the circle of the Twelve, this is a resurrection story for us regular folks. So let's get the lay of the lands. What's going on here? Well, time has not moved forward by much. We may have uh, be three weeks into Easter, but we are still in Easter morning um, in our gospel reading today. In fact, we really are just in Good Friday mode um, in the reading. We know very little about the disciples, Cleopas and his companion. We know that they weren't part of the Twelve, but they did follow Jesus. Ordinary people trying to figure out why they were drawn to this fellow, kind of like us. We also know that they were traveling to Emmaus. They had heard about Jesus' death, and they were discussing that at great length. We also know that they were despondent, dismayed, and felt caught out. As they were walking along, someone joined them. Not an uncommon occurrence at the time. It's a safety and numbers thing. The person who we know as Jesus asks, What's going on? 
What are you talking about? Stunned and laced with fear and trauma, they respond back with an elongated version of, are you serious? It would be like asking someone in New York City on September 11th, 2001, what they were talking about. I wonder this morning if they felt like they were walking on the broken glass of their hopes and dreams as they walked with this stranger, reciting the stories of Jesus and what he meant to them. The stranger listened to their stories. And then it was his turn. He told them the stories of old, the old ones they would have been very familiar with. The hopes of a Messiah laid within the narrative. Seven miles this trek took. Instead of sending the stranger down the road, the two disciples invited this stranger to dinner. It is here, when the stranger took the bread, blessed and broke it, that something happened. No longer was it words of stories bouncing passively through the air and in their minds, but it was those words put into experience. They knew Christ had broken bread and said, this was my body. They had even told the stranger, I'm sure as they walked, the story of the Last Supper. And here, right in front of them, was the crucified hands breaking bread once again. It was night, Easter day, and traveling in the dark was, of course, dangerous. But they couldn't help themselves. They went back along the road to tell the good news to the other disciples. They might not have seen Jesus until the very last moment, but they recounted a strange, warm feeling in their hearts, within their soul. Maybe it was the way he told them the stories. Maybe it was the tone of his voice or a familiar cadence, but looking back, the signs, well, they were there, weren't they? This is a resurrection story for us everyday folks. Those of us with our hopes, dreams, confusion, anxiety, fears, those of us who don't have it all figured out, those of us who sometimes look back and think, was that my Lord? This is a resurrection story for those of us who are walking this road, who know the stories, maybe sometimes not as well as we should, but we know how God has worked in humanity. We know the narrative. This is a resurrection story for those of us who, despite the danger of going out into the night, we still go to meet people and tell them the good news. But it isn't just a story, is it? It's an experience. 
The two disciples that night heard the stories. They knew the stories, but it wasn't until they sat down to break bread, to share hospitality, to care for the supposed stranger that all of the impediments, everything that was blinding them went away. Everything blocking the sun from shining was gone. It was then that they saw the risen Christ in front of them. We've all heard the stories about Christ. And I'm sure each of us could add our own stories about how Christ has shown up in our lives and breaks bread with us. Maybe you've been told that your experience with God, your story doesn't count. It doesn't matter. It doesn't fit into the narrative, the accepted. And yet you can't help but look back and say, My heart, my soul was burning. But I can't accept that your story doesn't matter, that it doesn't um, need to exist in our narrative. Because every time I break bread with you here at this altar, I hear Christ's voice in yours as you say amen. I see Christ's face in yours when I hand you the bread or the wine. So this morning, come and receive the crucified Christ in bread, wine, and in each other. And when you get a good measure of Christ, remember it. Remember the experience and go. Go tell the story. Go tell your story about how Jesus of Nazareth, once crucified, died and buried. Well, he walks again. Amen.